0: Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello guys, and welcome to episode 29 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai. And as always, I am so happy to be here with you guys again this week. So we are going to move quickly into this episode because we have a lot of information to get in uh, for today. So last week on episode number 28, you if you've listened to that episode, you may remember that we were... Beginning with the list for top my top ten keto lifestyle New Year's resolutions, and I had I went through number nine. I'm sorry, number ten, number nine, and ended on number eight. So today we're going to pick up on number seven and move all the way through to number one. And this episode uh, will go um, quicker because we these um, seven through one. I won't spend quite as much time on each one of these. As, nine, as 10, nine, and eight were, um, a little bit longer to go over. But I have some uh, fun things I wanna share with you guys on this list today, and I hope that you'll get a lot out of this so I just want to basically focus on these things are things that I believe that even if you're not keto this is just going to help you in your wellness and you know your quest for wellness and healthier living and feeling better in the new year and if you joined us for last week's episode you know that my take on things is I think it's great to have a reset I think um, having a reset is a, a good thing for us to do whether you do a weekly reset or you do a daily reset or you do um, a yearly reset, I think that there's room to have all of those. I certainly do. I have a daily reset. I have a weekly reset. I have monthly resets. And I do like uh, having a yearly reset, whether you call those New Year's resolutions or not, but a time where you just kind of take stock of what things worked and didn't work in the previous year and kind of what you want your next year to look at uh, or to look like. And then kind of you know, build everything around that and see how uh, different ways you think that you might be able to improve um, your life or your productivity or kind of the things that that you think are important. So without any further ado, let's just move right into it. So you guys can take notes if you're interested in writing these down. And I just encourage you to build on these guys so you don't have to take all of these that I'm saying, or any of these that I'm saying, but maybe this sparks something in you where you say, oh, you know what? Okay, maybe exactly what she said isn't my jam, but I have, um, you know, this made me think about this, and I think that this would be good for me, or whatnot. So, okay, so number seven, guys, we have, uh, I wrote move more. So this is in contrast to kind of the age-old join a gym, New Year's resolution. I think that, i uh, that's something that probably we have all written on our New Year's resolutions list if we have done New Year's resolutions in the past. I know that has certainly been on my New Year's resolutions uh, list over the years numerous times. And I always feel I feel like I'm very extreme in this situation. Either I've gotten very proud because, you know, I will be in the gym with my girlfriends, killing myself for, you know, a couple of hours every day on the treadmill and the spin classes doing the, you know, the whatever other classes, Pilates and weightlifting and all this stuff. And, you know, kind of laughing during the the uh, first month of the year during January, because I know that though it's super crowded and I can barely find a spot in the spin class that by February, most of these people will be gone and we'll have the gym back to ourselves again. I've definitely been that person and, um, you know, been very high on my horse, so to speak about that. And just thinking, you know, here I am and I'm going to do this and I'm going to stick to it and sticking to that resolution. Like I'm going to do this. However, I do not think that that was a very good thing. Number one, I don't think it was good to be so judgmental and feel like I was doing some awesome thing because I was killing myself in the gym every day and, and, you know, basically putting aside other things that were probably should have been much more important to me than being in the gym and doing that. But I you know feel like that's something that we all kind of get caught up in thinking that if you somehow if you go to the gym every day or you know, put whatever number you want on it. Maybe for you, it's not every day. Maybe for you, the, the idea in your head is if you just go to the gym like three days a week or four days a week or two days a week, whatever it is for you, but we get this idea in our heads that you go X amount of times to the gym per week and somehow that makes you successful. That makes you a good person. That means you're doing it right. That means whatever. And I think this is just this crazy idea that we've all gotten to in, into our heads Through um, advertisements, the society, just being told that that's what you have to do to be healthy and basically forsaking everything else that would actually be more healthy for us and instead just this whole joining a gym mentality and getting in the gym and, and working out in the gym that that's the most important thing that we can do for our health. That and then getting on some kind of a new diet, right? Like we need to get on some kind of new diet, whatever you know, Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers or, you know, the blood type diet or whatever new diet we've heard of that seems to be the most promising, that's what we should jump on because both of those things, joining a gym and getting on this new diet is going to help us lose weight and that's the ultimate goal, right? Like we all, we need to lose weight. We all need to look like a model and then everything's going to be great and our ne- our new year is going to be fantastic. So that is why I have this on my list, is move more, not join the gym, not exercise more, not lift weights more, not go to more spin classes, not even go to more yoga classes, although I think going to yoga classes are very good. And actually, I don't even think that there's a problem with spin classes. But my point is, is move more. This is what we need to focus on. This is what's important. And I think that we should be trying really hard to move more every single day. Now, for some people, maybe this means they get um they they do get a gym membership and it helps them to stay motivated because they join classes, they go to classes, and that helps them, whether that's yoga classes, which would be an excellent choice, Pilates is an excellent choice, maybe for you it is spin classes, though I really, especially for women, would hate to see you doing that too many days a week. Um, Weightlifting, that could be a good one, and that's great for women too. I would definitely recommend doing more heavy lifting than doing more cardio. so if that motivates you to to do those things and to move more, then fine, let's do that. But I feel like when we are doing, like when we're we're getting up at the crack of dawn so we can make it to a spin class or a date on the treadmill before school or work or whatever else starts our day. Unfortunately, I typically see more issues than not with doing this, especially for women. Like we are always sacrificing sleep, if you're always sacrificing sleep to be able to get to the gym all in the name of health we're just not realizing that we're actually doing more harm than good So I think spending too much time in the gym or the wrong time in the gym, this can cause stress, hormone imbalances, adrenal issues, digestive issues, the list really goes on and on. On the flip side, when we do nothing, we're certainly at a higher risk for cardiovascular disease, high blood pressures, diabetes, and many more health issues like that. So we really have to find some middle ground here between the two, and that is where the move more comes in. It's vitally important that we move and that we move often. Much more important and helpful than it is killing it in the gym is to take multiple easy walks throughout the day, or if it's just one nice easy walk during the day, or to do several short bursts of like 20 to 50 squats or lunges throughout the day. So thinking that we can go to the gym and just kill it for an hour or two every morning and then be largely sedentary the rest of the hours of the day, that's just not going to work. So some of the best things that we can be doing is getting up in the morning. Maybe if you live in a, in a climate that you can do this, where you get up in the morning and you go outside, whether it's on your deck, even better, go out in the grass, do it on your grass, do some stretching, do some yoga, do uh, you know some earthing on the ground. I, I, I know a few months ago I put out a video just to show you some very basic moves um, if you wanted to be earthing or grounding. You know, I am not a yogi. I've been to a few yoga classes in my life. I spent many years doing Pilates. I love Pilates, and I, I really like yoga too. I think it can be very beneficial. But I certainly am not you know, the expert at sun salutations or downward dogs or anything. And probably those are the only two yoga terms that I actually know. (laughs) All right, maybe I know a couple more, but those are the only two I'm going to pull out right now. But my point is, is you don't have, don't be intimidated by what you don't know. So don't feel like, well, I don't really know yoga and I, I have to, you know, I'm going to have to watch a video or I have to go to a class because I don't really know what I'm doing. It doesn't matter if you know what you're doing. Just go out there and do something. Just move your body. Just stretch your body out, move your body, do stretches that feel good that open up your chest, pull your shoulders back, things that um that kind of open up your hips, that get your get your joints moving and flowing. And if that doesn't do it for you, then maybe you get up in the morning and take a walk. And maybe instead of of listening to uh music or putting your you know your your earbuds in and listening to something maybe you just take a quick 15 20 minute walk down your road and back and you just listen to nature just listen to the sounds of nature maybe use that time to pray or kind of meditate while you're walking that would be such a great way to start your day. And hey, if you really need something to get you through the walk and you wanna to listen to podcasts or something, that's fine. But you know, just getting out there and moving and doing something and being outdoors is so much better than joining a gym and going into a building and working out in that building, being outside, getting that fresh air into your lungs, getting some sunshine on your skin, super important, very helpful stuff. Also, walking right after a meal can actually help lower blood sugar and it also aids in digestion. So maybe you get up first thing in the morning and you do this stuff. That would be an incredible way to start your day. Get your blood flowing. Drink a big glass of water with some lemon. Either use some lemon essential oil or some fresh squeezed lemon in there. Get your digestion primed for the day. That would be an excellent way to start your day. But then to step that up even more is maybe after your lunch, whether you are working in an office or you work from home or your stay-at-home mom or your uh, stay-at-home dad or you are on the road, whatever the situation is, if you can eat lunch and then take another 10, 15, 20-minute, even a half an hour walk to aid in that digestion, to help lower blood sugar. Again, get your blood pumping, your cardiovascular system working. That is so incredibly healthful and helpful to you. And it will help you from hitting kind of that afternoon slump as well. So um, if you're ketogenic, you're probably not hitting that afternoon slump. Um, I know that for me is a thing of the past, but boy, do I remember how hard that hits. You just feel like, you just have to have something, whether it's something to eat or something to drink or just something to keep you awake. And you're like, oh my goodness, like I just can't focus and I'm so tired and I just don't want to do anything else. You kind of hit that wall that doesn't happen that often for people that are ketogenic, but maybe you're listening to this and you're not ketogenic. Maybe you're um, just kind of dabbling and trying to get a little bit healthier lifestyle together and you're trying to figure it out. And so this can be something that's very helpful for you is uh, to giving you more energy and more clarity throughout the afternoon hours and then into the evening. Okay, so that's number seven, guys. Okay, number six, take back my health. All right, I think this is such an important one. Make 2018 the year you decide, I'm gonna take back my health. And I don't say this to slam doctors. I have many doctor friends, love doctors. Listen, I am not one that is going to attack Doctors, okay? If anything that I say on this podcast ever leads you to believe that, please remember that that is never my intention. Doctors do not go into the healthcare field. They do not go through all of the schooling that they go through, everything they have to learn, all of the hoops they have to jump through to just be in practice. They don't go through all of that because they don't care about you and they don't care about health. That's not a possibility. I mean, they wouldn't do that. It would just be. You know, this is not like some overnight get-rich-quick scheme to become a doctor. Let's face it. I mean, they are saddled with enormous education bills um, and loans, and they they go through a ton of school. It's a ton of work, and I think often they go through it and come out on the other side. Like, man, this is this is maybe not what they thought. At least according to some of the doctors that I know, um, I know that often they you know, they kind of had this idea of what they would be doing to help people, and then often it looks a little bit different once they actually get into practice. So I really have the utmost respect for doctors. I think that they all are doing the best that they know how. But having said that, I also feel like, doctors, you need to hold your doctor responsible you need to you need to make sure that you have the understanding and that your doctor has the understanding that you guys are a team he is not the dictator you are not the subject you don't walk into his office and say that hey I have this going on he doesn't scribble something down on a piece of paper hand it to you tell you to take this and call him in the morning no that is not the relationship we're supposed to have your doctor works for you First and foremost, you need to understand that this is someone you have hired to help you manage your health. If that is not the relationship you have and you feel like if you bring it up to your doctor or you try to kind of um, make that the relationship you're going to have and it doesn't work, then you need to find a new doctor. Make this the year that you take back your health. So for instance, if you ever go to the doctor and you don't understand what he's talking about or why he prescribed you a pill and then he sent you on your way, or maybe you have some serious ailment and you just don't know what to do about it and you have no idea what the underlying cause is, or maybe you go to him and you're like, I want to start eating a certain way or um, I want to start exercising a certain way. You know, I've heard about this or about that and I think maybe it could really help me. And if he, you know, if, if, if he challenges you on that and says, you know, no, that's silly, that's ridiculous, whatever, and cannot give you reasons for why that's silly or ridiculous or give you, uh, some, some scientific backing or some, some, you know, if you go to him with like, Hey, I want to start the keto diet. And he says, no, that's terrible. Uh, that's gonna just give you high blood pressure. Okay. Why? If he cannot answer those questions and he seems to be offended or defensive by you, you know, wanting to get to the bottom of some of your health issues, then you probably need to find a new doctor. So, or how about not even just picking on doctors, but how about if you decide you wanna try going keto or you want to um, not be part of a gym this year and you tell your friends, you know, hey, I think I'm gonna go keto and I'm just gonna start walking every day and maybe I'll do a couple of heavy lifting sessions a week and I'm just gonna let that gym membership go and they are like, that's crazy. Do you know that you are gonna gain all this weight and why would you wanna eat something that you're gonna, a diet that that you're going to eat all this fat and then you're not even going to go try to burn it off on the treadmill. Like, are you crazy? You need to know how to defend your position, right? Like you want to be able to say to them without fighting with people, but just to be able to to intelligently answer like, well, this is why I'm doing this because I'm struggling with this health issue or that health issue. And, and I've done my research and I know that this is going to help me. Or I feel like I need to try this out and see if this is something that could help me because I've, you know, I've, I'm done taking all the pills. I'm done doing this and doing that. And that being my only answer, like I want to get to the root of it. So in 2018, we can make this the year that we commit to learning all we can about how our bodies work and why nutrition matters to us. So why would you want to lift weights and avoid maybe running a marathon or, um, you know, so Maybe just not, maybe just, and I'm funny. I I almost don't even want to tell you this, but, um, but you know, Google it, like Google it, do some research on it you know get pull up some research papers on subjects that interest you start listening to some nutrition and health podcasts like this one thank you for listening um and there's there are so many great nutrition and health podcasts out there start reading some health and wellness books there are so many out there so many super good ones out there um, take a class on nutrition or health i mean heck you're never too old i'm proof of that just go you know go for something like i'm doing nutritional therapy practitioner go back to school get get a degree get a license get some certification um, on some if this kind of thing really interests you there are so many people in my nutritional therapy association classes that their really only intention was they have either they're themselves or they have family members that are struggling with health issues and have been for years and years and they are just fed up and they're like listen I need to learn what everything I can about nutrition and how it affects our bodies because I want to heal myself or my family member. No more of this going around and round. And I think that is so admirable. That is amazing. So, you know, learn about things like essential oils and, um, you know, Eastern practices like Chinese medicine and things like that, like acupuncture and ways that you can use these things for your family and ways you can do these things in your home and seek out a healthcare professional, like a practitioner or a nutritional based professional that can help educate you on these things. You know, I mean, and I'm not trying to sell myself to you right now, but someone like me, if you can find a nutritionist or nutritional therapy practitioner or, um, you know, a nutritional coach, someone that, that has, that does this, that that does this. Maybe you're not the kind of person that wants to do this. Maybe you want to take back your health, but you're like, listen, I do not have time to research all this. Plus, it's not interesting to me. I get it. I understand what you're saying. I know nutrition is is hugely important and impactful on my health, but I just have no interest in researching this myself. That's fine. It really isn't for everybody, and I understand that. So, But in that case, then I would really suggest that you get with some someone that can help you. And, you know, maybe you don't work, you know, you don't have to work with a a coach or a a practitioner forever. Um, You know, kind of have one in your back pocket forever, I would say. But, you know, make a relationship with one. You know, I know lots of coaches and uh, nutritionists like myself do similar programs to what I do, where we have, um, options where you can do, like for myself, I offer a one-month, a three-month, and a six-month package. And the reason I don't have longer than six months isn't because I won't work with you longer than six months. If you want to work with me longer than that, that's fine. I'll work with you as long as you want. But my job is literally to put myself out of a job. So when I'm working with you for whether it's one month, three months, however, many, however much the time is, my job is I am, I'm not just telling you do this and then, you know, report back to me later, I really want you to know why we're doing this. So we have a very lengthy intake process where you are going to give me all this information about yourself I am gonna chart that information for you. I am gonna go over all of these things. I'm gonna come up with a very comprehensive plan. I am I'm going to then sit down with you for an intake session where I am going to explain to you what I believe is going on, how I believe that I can help you, the things that we're going to work on together. And, you know, I give you reasons for why we're doing these things. And not to overwhelm my clients, but to help you take back your health. I want you to understand why we're doing the things that we're doing and, and I understand you may not want to do the work to figure all the reasons out, but I want you to understand at least why I'm having you do the things that I'm having you do because I think that's of the utmost importance so that when our time together is through, you can take what I've taught you and be able to make decisions going forward without me necessarily holding your hand. So... You know, whether that's, like I said, whether that takes three months or six months, or, you know, I have people that will come back after they've spent uh, so many months and maybe they you know kind of start drifting away a little bit again and they they call and they say you know what I've got to get back on plan can you help me I need it like a month just to kind of get my head straight again I've been going through a lot of stress and I, I need to just kind of get back to center absolutely so find whoever that professional is for you find that coach find that functional medicine practitioner maybe um, a, a a naturopath a, a nutritionist, whoever that is for you, find that person if that's the way you would prefer to do it and get them to help you take back your health. But one way or the other, make 2018 the year that you take back your health, that you decide you are not just going to stand on the sidelines anymore and watch your life and your health and your well-being drift away that you are going to make the decision that I'm no longer gonna be on the sidelines, I'm gonna direct my life and my health. Okay, number five, guys, eat dinner at home more, (laughs) okay? So I know this, um, maybe this seems super simple to you, like, okay, eat dinner at home more, big deal. 2018, that's gonna be my New Year's resolution. This is huge, guys. There are so many reasons to do this and so many reasons that this could be huge, but I'm just gonna touch on a few. First, you can truly know what's going into every meal that you're eating, and therefore, you can control what goes into your body. It's everything from the oils used and at what temperatures that they're used at to the quality of meats and even how fresh the veggies are that are going into your dishes. These are all super important things when it comes to um, your your the food you're eating and knowing these things, right? The only way that you're truly going to get the most nutrient-dense and healthful foods for you and your family is if you're buying them and you're preparing them yourself. It also gives you a great opportunity to spend time together with your family, maybe preparing meals together, certainly sitting down and enjoying them together, and even cleaning up together. I know that sounds crazy, but you know, even just having time after the meal to clean up the kitchen together and have these meaningful relationships and opportunities to spend time together. That's a big deal, and that is super impactful on our health. Now, when you're ketogenic, I believe that this truly becomes even more important because as a ketogenic eater, you know, we're probably going to be eating, you know, people think when they think keto, they think, tons of butter, tons of cheese, tons of dairy, tons of meat, right? They think that you're basically just give me all the animal foods and shove them in my face. So that's not actually true, but that is a lot of what people think. And the truth probably is that we do indulge in more animal products than maybe your average person because when you take away all of the grains and all of the sugars and you're not eating those those filler non-essential foods anymore then you really are filling up your body with these more nutrient dense whole foods and a large part of that is going to be animal products so when I work with clients and any of my clients that I'm working with that are listening to this they can attest to the fact that I emphasize very strongly the quality of, of what you're eating, but more than anything else, I really emphasize the quality of the animal products that you eat. There is nowhere that this is more important in your diet because if you are eating conventionally raised sick animals, then you are putting those, um, those potentially diseased animals their flesh their milk their you know the all these products that are coming from these sick animals into your body and that's what's building your cells. And that's not a good formula for health. So, you know, it's very important when you are ketogenic that we are getting organically, you know, grown vegetables, but organically raised meats and, and poultries and 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 eggs and and dairy if you if you partake in and dairy products. But being able to know that these are organically raised, so organically fed animals animals that are pasture raised that are living outside they are getting the correct vitamin d from the sun they're eating the grass on the ground or if they're chickens they're they're foraging and they're they're eating bugs and grubs and everything that they're supposed to be doing it always cracks me up if you notice this um And when you're in a grocery store and you get eggs, and it says on the eggs, you'll get an organic carton of eggs, right? And if you, there's several of them that'll say vegetarian fed hens, like this is a good thing. And I'm telling you right now that chickens are not vegetarians. A chicken that is out in the pasture the way a chicken should be is foraging for bugs and grubs and and yes, they eat grasses, but they they eat and they get some dirt. So you're getting those those soil um, organisms that we need. In our guts. So all of these things is what they is what they're eating and what goes into the meat that, that you're going to eat on their bodies and the eggs that they are going to produce for you. And those things are so important. A hen that is fed a vegetarian only diet is really not a healthy hen. So at least if you're getting those eggs, you know that they're or that it's organic food, but they're more than likely being fed corn so if you can try to get your eggs from a from your local farmer or raise your own which is such a cool thing now like people a lot of people are doing it and raising their own eggs and there are so many different municipalities that are allowing it and and it's kind of just become like this real mainstream thing now so either raise your own or try to get some from your local farmer or if you're buying them from the grocery store seek out specifically the pasture raised eggs there are some in grocery stores that you can get and that's going to give you your best quality and your best nutrition. So, and I'm not saying that you have to only eat at home, but you know, obviously I like to go out to eat too. And we do frequently. If you follow me on Instagram, you see, I like to post pictures of the dinners that we have. Um, I love to go out and enjoy different foods and that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but just making the trying to eat dinner at home more. If that's the majority of how you're eating, that's awesome. If you're just increasing it, maybe maybe you didn't eat at home hardly You know, one or two nights a week last year. Maybe this year you could up that to three or four nights a week, you try to eat at home. And it doesn't mean you have to cook three or four nights a week. You can get in the habit of making larger meals, even for a family my size. We have seven. And I still try to get in the habit most of the meals that I create, I make huge dishes or I will make two of something and either freeze one of them or we'll eat leftovers the next day or a couple days later. So being able to eat at home doesn't mean. You have to cook every single night. It's also, this I think gives you an essential kind of a, an opportunity. This is essential part of getting your kids on the keto bandwagon. So if you're cooking at home you can really control what they're eating as well so I don't know about you guys but whenever we go out my kids would always want to order chicken fingers and fries but of course I wouldn't make chicken fingers and fries at home so at home maybe I would make pork loin and some veggies for instance so that's what they would eat when we're at home and they didn't complain about it I'd make sure of course that I'm making veggies that they're gonna want to eat but it's amazing how you can change their habits and you'll start to see that when you do go out if you can try to incorporate this eating dinner at home more often then when you do go out like I notice now most of the time my kids won't even order off the kids menu because they can't find what they want on there they no longer want the chicken fingers and fries now they're like gosh mom makes this awesome pork loin or steak and you know vegetables like I don't want this gross reheated you know, chicken finger thing with some gross fries on there, they're like, no, they want some real good food. So it's an amazing switch to see that happen, but it will. Okay, guys, that's enough on number five. Okay, let's move on to number four, laugh more. Okay, so this is a biggie, and this one really goes hand in hand with these the, the less stress, which I talked about for number nine on the list. Uh, that was in last episode, episode number 28, part one of this message. So um, laugh more, so good for de-stressing. It may be one of the best things that you could possibly do for your stress levels. That is just a fact. Many studies are out there to back that up. So maybe this is just focusing on a funny sitcom a couple of times a week, or you watch some silly YouTube video with your family, or playing a fun board game like Apples to Apples or Family Feud or Taboo once or twice a week together, or even just doing some joke telling while you're preparing dinner or you're sitting at the dinner table. Like These are all things that my family does, and we do these to laugh and just to connect more and have fun which can be hard with you know teenagers and everybody's running in different directions and then we've got toddlers and but laughing is something that pulls everybody together and connects everybody. So one of the things that our family will do is when we sit down at the dinner table, and we don't do this every time. I don't want you to, you know, think that we have like this high standard of amazing family life you need to live up to. Oh, that is not true at all. So please don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. But these are things we try, we we strive to achieve this. And uh, one of those things is that when we're sitting down at the dinner table, we might try to go around the table and have everyone take Take uh, a turn telling a joke. So often it'll start with my husband, and he'll sometimes we'll just look up jokes on our phone, Um, and then when it's our turn, then we all have picked out a joke that we want to look that we looked up and we think is funny. So that is always a good time. We always crack up. My husband will usually start with like a riddle type joke, so we're all like trying to figure it out, and and sometimes one of us will, and then that's super fun, right? And we all laugh, and it's like, oh my gosh, you figured that out! It's amazing. So. Um, these are just, like I said, these are just some easy things. Our family's done all of these things that I just mentioned. They're all super easy. Like the silly YouTube videos. My kids love doing that. I know a lot of people have smart TVs now. So a lot of times after dinner, what we'll do is pull up on the smart TV. We'll pull up YouTube and search for some funny videos that the kids know of or whatever. I know there's one. Um, I would encourage you to watch if you've never seen them. I don't remember what, I don't know what they're called, but And I hope I don't lead you to find, look up something crazy, but they're like these drive-through. It's this guy that that goes through drive-thrus and he makes a, um, like maybe drive-thru ghost ghost driver or something like that. But he makes this costume that makes it look like he is the car seat. And so when he pulls up through these drive-thru windows, after he places his order, he pulls up to the drive-thru window and it looks like there's nobody in the car. Like it's just the car seat, even though he's driving and he can see through this costume. Oh my goodness, the reactions that these people at the drive-thru have are so funny and we all laugh at these videos we just crack up he's got one where he is a um he puts like a dummy in the front seat and it's like a robot and the oh my gosh it's just so funny (laughs) The so my family and I walk around like well something will happen and we'll we'll say one of the lines from this um from these videos and we all just start cracking up. So these are just good ways to just laugh more. Just just let it go. Just have some fun. Um, playing board games are great, like apples to apples. We have a fun time doing those types of things. So stuff like that, guys. This can be huge for, for um, less stress and just really helping you out in 2018 just to be a more healthful, and a more wellness-focused year for you. Okay, number three, spend more time, more quality time with friends and family. Okay, guys, so I seem to hear this one more and more, but it seems to be so hard to actually accomplish. I don't know about you guys, but I can just get so caught up in work or school, sports, practices, games, running here and there, and I never really stop long enough to spend quality time with people. I just feel like sometimes I I say it so many times. My family, um, he is probably just like, oh my gosh, she says it one more time. As I run around like a chicken with my head cut off, you just you just run around. Sometimes I feel like I'm like one of those cartoon carrier characters in in the cartoon that's their legs are spinning but they're just not going anywhere. So this is one that really relies on us being very intention focused. So this means that we really have to schedule that time. So for me, it looks like this on all the nights of the week that I'm cooking dinner, I will actually text my 16 year old son and I tell him that I'm cooking tonight and I would love for him to be home for dinner because I don't know if you guys have 16 year old sons or daughters or any teenagers, but mine anyway, is always wanting to be gone with his friends and he basically wants to be anywhere but home. He just wants to be out with his peers, doing his thing, you know, hanging out with mom and dad and brothers and sisters is not cool. Plus our house is pretty rambunctious. You know, we have two toddlers, you know, my boys, 11 year old and 14 year old, they can be loud. They can wrestle. They can chase each other around the house. They can be playing video games, whatever. It can be really loud. We've got all these people trying to talk. Seems like, everybody at the same time, all the time. And my 16 year old is the quietest of all of us. He likes everything nice and quiet and he doesn't like the chaos that sometimes is going on around here so I think that's another reason that he makes himself scarce and just goes and hangs out with his friends because then he doesn't have to put up with you know all the craziness of his brothers and sisters. At, I remember at 16 you know I didn't want to be around little brothers and sisters either. I'm the oldest of five and I have four younger brothers and three of those younger brothers are quite a bit younger than me so much like my son is with uh, with his little sisters so I get that I understand it but I I, you know I don't make him be home but I just try to let him know that I'm going to be making dinner I'd love for him to be there and then I'll usually try to entice him with a meal that I know he would love to eat so that he'll want to be home I also plan a Wednesday morning walk and a brunch with a girlfriend of mine Christine. So it was something that we started last year and we, it's, we have to be very intentional about it because we, you know, both of us have toddlers. We both have preschool kids. So there's, um, they, you know, they're in, they go to school, but it's just a half a day and it's very, you know, it's just a few hours. So it means that that Wednesday morning that we plan to walk and go to brunch, we can't get anything else done that we maybe could use that very valuable time for. It'd be very easy for me to fill that time with, Uh, going to the grocery store, or running some other errands, or doing my schoolwork, which I have to do pretty much, you know, every day, I have to spend several hours working on that, or working on client appointments, or, you know, going through my, you know, just anything like that, that I need to do. So I specifically block every Wednesday morning out, and she specifically blocks every Wednesday morning out, we go for a walk, and then we go have brunch, it is scheduled in our calendars. So as soon as the kids get off, get on, on the bus, if the weather's good, you know, if it's not thundering and lightning or, or, um, you know, if it's, if there's snow and ice all over the ground, it's not safe. So we just don't do it. But, um, as long as we can, as soon as the kids get on the bus, we meet up and we will, Walk the couple of miles to the brunch place. There's a a few places around here that we like to go to. So we'll go to one of those. And then we eat and we talk and we hang out. And then we'll walk back home. So all in all, we spend a good two to three hours of quality time every Wednesday morning together. Um, so that's, that's my Wednesdays. I also schedule Thursday night date night out with my husband, Derek. So I know you guys often hear him on here on the podcast and, um, we love to spend time together and it is difficult to get time together when you have five kids. So, and we own a few different businesses, you know, he runs a company and, um, a couple of companies or a couple of businesses, but, and then of course I have my nutritional coaching, Practice and I, um, I have I work a lot on the Airbnb the vacation rentals that we have and uh, that's kind of something that I run and I've taken over so that takes a lot of my time so the two of us are have a lot on our plates and we're kind of running in different directions all the time and because we do a lot of all of the businesses that we're in we're partners together in these businesses so even him with my nutritional business you know he doesn't get into the details of any of my clients but he tries to help me on the other aspects of it like with this podcast and with um, helping me with my website and things that I you know he's the one that tells me when i I've hit 50,000 downloads and you know whatever I don't watch any of those numbers I don't know any of that stuff and that's not what I do it for so I don't pay attention to that but he's very detail oriented like that and very numbers oriented so so we work together on all of this stuff but sometimes that can be you know, we can be just trying to spout off different things to each other. Like, oh, I had, I got this list of things done on this project. And so, you know, we're up to speed on that. And then he's like, oh, okay, well I've got, so this is going on in, in this company. And then I, I called this person on this and then I need you to be at this meeting because we have to sign these documents. And so it can be very much like a business proposition all the time <laughs> if we allowed it to be, or like, it's just, you know, mom and dad trying to manage these, five little people and and work out all, all the details and the minutia that comes with that which can be crazy. So for us those Thursday evenings are super important to us to to be able to get together and spend that time together. So you know and often our weekends are just too busy to do date nights or they're used for other events like because of these different businesses that we're involved in often we'll have things out with friends or work colleagues or events that um that that come up with these different uh, these these different things that we're involved in that we'll need to go to, or there's events for the kids that we that we are going to. So we don't often have date nights specifically on the weekends. So we make sure we set Thursdays apart. So sometimes all we'll do is uh, we'll go for like an hour and a half up the street to this uh, wine shop that a friend of ours owns, and we do a wine tasting. And you know we just sit and we have some we have a cheese and meat plate and we sample some wines and we just sit and talk and catch up and have time together sometimes that's all we do that's all we have time for other weeks we'll do the wine tasting and then maybe we'll also go to a dinner reservation and then we'll go get massages there's a reflexology place across the street from us that we I um, love, I love to get the reflexology done. The um, I have them massage my feet and then I have them do a little, they do a little work on my shoulders and neck, which I love. My husband likes to do the full body massage. So we'll go and do an hour massage. He'll do that. I'll do an hour of reflexology. That is, you know, that's a double whammy, right? Like I'm getting, we're getting the time together and then we end the night with a really good relaxed you know, a very relaxing thing to do and helps us to decrease our stress. But the point is, is that we're just spending quality time together without being interrupted. Another one that we really love and that we try to keep scheduled in is Sunday dinners at my mother-in-law's. So it's been more difficult to get there as of late because of scheduling conflicts with the holidays and such, but we love that quality time spent together with my mother and father-in-law. And then often the cousins are there and uncles and aunts and, you know, uh, my husband's brother, brother and sister-in-law. And so we get to spend time together, um, you know, just as a family and, and really spending quality time together. Sometimes we'll play games over there, board games, or even if it's just sitting and watching a football game that we're all rooting together for a team or whatever. So, so this is, um, those are just some ways guys that you can do quality time with friends and family. And even if you feel like, man, there's just no way, you know, what, what you make important to you, you will make time for. Trust me, I know it's hard. I know what schedule, what a busy schedule looks like. I mean, I am up almost every morning, five thirty, six thirty at the latest, and I don't, stop the entire day until, you know, making dinner. We usually sit down six, six 30 to have dinner and then clean up and then baths and, you know, spending any time that we do together after that. And then we, you know, bath and bed for the kiddos. I mean, I don't, get to put my feet up so to speak until probably 9 30 at night and then I try to get to bed at a decent hour like 10 10 30 so you know I get it I mean I I trust me I know Where I'm like looking at the end of my day like oh my gosh if I'm lucky I'm gonna squeeze an hour of time out of the end of this day but if you can get good at kind of scheduling your time and and really time blocking you really can get that quality time in with your friends and family Okay, let's move to number two. Number two, improve your health markers. Okay, so this can look like two different things. So maybe you either have had blood tests, etc., run in 2017, and you had room for improvement, or perhaps you know that you need some help and you need to go get, get some testing done so you can get on a plan, okay? Okay. So if the latter is the case, then I would suggest finding a naturopath or a functional medicine practitioner or a nutritional therapy practitioner, someone that, a professional that can help you get the information you need so you can start making some measurable improvements. Often, it's really helpful if you can see those improvements and they are measurable. So this is different, even though it sounds similar to the taking my health back, where, you know, you're going to work with the doctor and you're going to learn more. It's different because you can learn more and you can understand how nutrition affects you. But if you don't know what your actual health markers are or you don't know what you need to actually be working on, then you don't really know where to go. Like you just kind of, you know, you can and and it's okay if you don't get some things done, but I would encourage you to work toward this in 2018 and t- kind of try to get to the part where you're going to eventually get some testing done. Maybe it's some blood tests. Um, maybe you just need to see where your, um, maybe you want to know where your cholesterol levels are at. Maybe you've learned about cholesterol and you say, you know what, I need to know where mine is so I can kind of, you kind of learn about that and see where I'm at. Maybe you want to know, um, your, your blood sugar. Maybe you're like, you know what? I need to see where, you know, is my blood, my blood sugar good? And is it, you know, is my everything working right? Or my, are my fasting insulin levels look good? You know, what's my, um, just, what do my hormone levels look like? am I if you're a woman, maybe you're curious if uh, your hormone levels are off because you're having some struggles maybe around um, your menstruation and you're thinking, hmm, this you know this doesn't seem quite right. I need to know like what am I working with that I can even apply things to to try to to try to fix or try to improve. So if you know what your markers are going into two thousand and eighteen or or, shortly after, or or you're coming off of 2017 and you had some testing done and you're like, man, those just were not, I did not get great news and I really need to fix this. Then this just gives you something to work toward. It gives you a, a goal to kind of shoot for and let you know any progress that you've made. And especially if you're moving into the ketogenic uh, lifestyle and the ketogenic way of eating, it's a good thing for you to be able to actually see the improvements that this way of eating will make for you. So I think that's super important. And I do want to say that I think it's really important to, this doesn't exactly go with improving your health markers, but I know that a lot of people will start down the road of ketogenic diets because It is kind of the new buzzword. You know, it's one of the most, I think it's like the number, well, it is the number one searched diet on Google uh, for 2017, I believe, but it's very popular right now. It's kind of like the new paleo and paleo was the craze. And so now people are very interested in this whole ketogenic thing. And for good reason, people are seeing amazing results. You know, this is a tried and true way of eating. This is not like some fad diet which i've heard it called it could not be further from that um you know this is a a a it just such an ancient way of eating it's it's very measurable it's easy to see how it is improving people's lives so for good reason it's really become very popular but one of the things the issues that I see whether this is on message boards or people emailing me for advice or for questions or friends or family, or clients that are starting with me, the first thing I do with my clients is we work on digestive health, number one. Um, Even when they come to me and say, I really want to get better at keto, that's great and I will help you get better at keto and I will teach you all the tricks and, and tips and ways that you can do that. But it is so important to fix your digestion first. Many times you can get away with Quote unquote, being eating like a standard American diet, let's say, and having poor digestion because you're eating a ton of sugar and carbohydrates, which, first of all, don't take as much uh, digestive power as the proteins and fats. So, oftentimes, people, and then when you're eating the standard American diet, you just don't feel super good all the time anyway. And you really don't realize, many people don't realize how bad they actually felt until they move away from eating that way. And they start trying to eat like a whole foods diet or a more ketogenic type of diet. And then they realize how messed up their digestion is. Because when you start bombarding a a poorly functioning digestive system, with all these fats—even good fats—I mean, I'm not, there's nothing wrong inherently with fat, but you start bombarding a poorly working digestive system with fats or higher proteins or more meats and animal products, and it's gonna—it's not—it almost never ends well. Um, they will start having all kinds of issues. Um, often, you have issues. Just because you are unable to actually not only digest, but if you can't digest things properly, then you're going to start having um, issues with, uh, with your stomach and the food fermenting in your stomach and issues with acid reflux type symptoms and um, gas and bloating and all of these types of things. And then you'll often have issues with just being able to actually absorb the nutrients and the minerals and vitamins that are in these foods that you're eating because you can't digest them properly and so you're not actually able to get the nutrients out of the food that you need. So digestion is just of the utmost importance so I just want to make sure that I'm being very clear on this that improving your health markers when you're when you're looking at that and you want to do that that jumping into a ketogenic lifestyle to do that I think is is great and that is exactly what um, what may be the case for you. I mean, that may be what is called for. That may be exactly what you need to do, but you can't just say, okay, I'm going to go keto, and it's going to fix everything. You may have other underlying issues that will make just going to the ketogenic diet difficult for you, and you're going to need to fix those issues, namely digestion first. Okay, so I don't want to keep harping on that, so I hope I didn't draw drill that too far in the ground it's just so super important and I just want to make sure that um, I'm not just giving you guys half the information. You know, I don't want to say, oh, keto lifestyle, it's the best thing ever, which I happen to believe that it is. <laughs> but I don't want to just tell you guys, keto, 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 just go for it, do it. And then you have issues and don't understand why it's not working for you. And this isn't what everybody else said it was and all those types of things. So everybody is very different and individual. And it's um, there's, a, there's a lot of things that goes into this lifestyle And it's not always just as easy as saying, okay, I'm just going to go keto. All right, number one, guys, this is the number one keto lifestyle 2018 New Year's resolutions that I have, and that is improve your overall well-being to feel good or feel better. Okay, so I know this is a lot like the last one, but this is much less focused on the health markers and more focused on making improvements to things you're experiencing or you want relief from or improvement in. So this could certainly be the ever po- ever popular Lose weight, New Year's resolution, but perhaps it could be more focused on something even more health-driven. Like maybe it's I want to change my body composition, knowing that if you have less adipose tissue around your middle or the visceral fat, then so many things could be contributing that, like ex- like uh, excess estrogen for women, or um, you know, there's many things that can contribute to that. Um, having high blood sugar will contribute to that. So maybe you're um, – there's just – You just want to work on improving your way of eating, like you want to go from the standard American diet to the keto diet, which can help, but like I just said, it's also figuring out what other underlying issues might be at play causing the excess weight or other conditions that you're trying to assess and turn around. So maybe you have headaches a lot, or you have a lot of sugar cravings, or you have really tough PMS and... um, uh menstruation symptoms and issues or things like that. And, and you're just like, you know, I just want these things to be better. Maybe you've been dealing with joint pain and muscle pain and, you know, like kind of a fibromyalgia type um, autoimmunity or, or, or RA, rheumatoid arthritis, or maybe you're dealing with um some other type of, of digestive issues, chronic constipation, or, or, you know, maybe some like IBD or IBS um, kind of symptoms. And you're just like, you know what, I want 2018 to, I just want my, my overall well-being and my health to be better. Like I want to feel good. I want to feel better in 2018. I don't think there is an, any better goal than that. And really All of the goals on this list that we talked about, all of the New Year's resolutions up to this one, can all lead you to this one. So if you go back and look at all of the rest of the goals that we talked about, they all can lead you to this overall well-being and this overall feeling better and feeling good. Okay, guys, so let's recap real quick. The top 10 keto lifestyle New Year's resolutions for 2018, we have number 10 was improved sleep super important guys we got to work on that improving that sleep number 9 less stress we have got to get those the stress levels down stress cannot be taken for granted or underestimated for how much damage it can do to our overall health and well-being number 8 is being more grateful and positive focused These are huge as well. So those three we went over last week's episode, number 28, part one of this. So today in part two, episode number 29, we went over number seven, moving more. Doesn't mean you have to join a gym, guys. It could just mean that you make... Uh, time to walk in the morning, or you make time to take walks after lunch, or you know maybe you don't even have time to leave the office or leave your home. Maybe you just need to go up and down the stairs a few times. Just get your blood pumping. Just get your body moving. Get outside if you can. Get in that vi- Get in that vital vitamin D. You need to get out in the sun. Get out in the fresh air. And number six. Take my. Take back my health. Super important, guys! You need to be empowered to know more about your health, know more about how nutrition can affect things, know more about how you know how to get to the underlying causes of things and the and the issues. You know, don't just take it from your doctor when he gives you a prescription when you're dealing with um, you know whatever it is you're dealing with, say, no, I want to know why I keep having these headaches. Like, this isn't right. Why do I keep struggling with this? Or yes, I know my periods are really bad. I don't want to be on a birth control pill to manage those symptoms. There's got to be some reason this is happening. So, you know, empowering yourself, learn more about your health And I'd like to uh, take this time real quick, guys, to tell you a super good book. You may have listened to him on, I don't remember which episode it was, but I interviewed Dr. Ken Berry, and um, he just recently wrote a book called Lies My Doctor Told Me, Medical Myths That Can Harm Your Health. This is an excellent, excellent book. This would be a really great book to grab and use, Along with this, if your resolution is number six, I want to take back my health. Like I'm tired of just walking in and saying, you know, yes, sir, to the doctor and doing whatever he says. And I don't understand why these things are going on. Or maybe, you know, I'm hearing conflicting information and, and I really want to know what the truth is. Get this book. It is an excellent, excellent book. It goes over so many different myths. And, and why, why they're myths and what the truth really is. And then he gives you homework that you can do to research these things and find it out for yourself. Like, he's not going to just say, okay, here's, here's what you need to do. Or here's what the truth is, and there you go. Now just take it. He tells you, here's what the, here's the lie that you're going to hear. Here's what is actually the truth behind it. Here's the research to support that truth. And then he's going to give you some take-home tips. So again, lies my doctor told me, medical myths that can harm your health, Dr. Kinberry. And no, I am not. I don't get any kind of compensation for talking about his book, nothing like that. So I don't want you guys to think that, that I'm trying to promote it because I'm somehow um, getting some kind of kickback. I am not. Okay, number five, eat dinner at home more. That's a big one, guys. We can do this. Number four, laugh more. So, so important and goes along with de-stressing. It's one of the most um, stress-relieving things we can do. Studies have proven that. Number three, spend more time quality time with friends and family. You're going to have to be intentional about this one, guys. I know how quickly time gets away from us, and it just seems like there's not enough hours in the day, but This, nobody ever ended their life and said, man, I really wish I had spent more time running errands. Never. They always say they wish they had spent more time with loved ones. So really get that scheduled in there, guys. Number two, improve your health markers. So whether you have current health markers or you need to get a baseline, let's make 2018 the year that you improve those. And finally, number one, improve your overall well-being to feel good or to feel better. That's all I have for you on those, guys. So I hope that those are helpful to you. I hope that you heard some things that you can use in that list and feel like they're going to be helpful to you going forward and that, um, that these uh, are things that maybe you can take one or two from this list, or maybe you want to just try the whole list. Whatever it is, I really hope that you're able to make 2018 your year of the the best year you've ever had, um, where you are just going to feel good, your health is going to improve, and I don't care what age you are, whether you are 16 or you're 67, that this can be your best year of health. It is never too late to start feeling better guys. All right. So, I'm going to wrap this up and I share um a Some feedback that I got, and this actually came to me in the form of an email. Um, It was originally submitted to me as a form on my website, which real quick, before I go into this, let me just tell you guys, if you are submitting forms on my website, it has been brought to my attention, and I don't think it's been corrected yet, that it says that someone will get back to you within 24 hours. Um, That is not actually accurate. (laughs) If you are submitting a form on my website about coaching, you will, someone will get back with you. Me, I will get back to you within 24 hours. If you are inquiring about beginning a coaching um, relationship with me, or you would like to schedule a free 15 minute consultation, then yes, I will get back to you on that. However, if you are submitting that form and you just have some questions about, you know, I'll get questions like, hey, I just started keto and I've got this going on and that going on. And what do you think about eating before I work out or after I work out or what should my diet look like or what? I am happy to respond to those messages. Um, However, because I do have coaching clients that I am working with in that same capacity, um, I'm I'm definitely not going to be able to respond to you within 24 hours. Um, I get dozens of those messages um, weekly. And so it's, I I try my best to keep up with them, but that is not the only way people reach out to me. It's not just the dozens I'm getting through that form. I'm also getting messages on Instagram and Facebook and, and people emailing me. So if you're reaching out to me and you're asking me specific questions about your specific lifestyle and diet, Um, Just please understand that it could take me days or weeks to get back to you i'm just sorry that's just the way it is i i must reserve my time for my clients and uh, the things that i have to get done during the day as far as related to my career my job my school my family so um you know if you're a client of mine of course then those are questions that i would be answering for you but just to uh, have me basically coach you through questions like that that you send in in. I, You just have to understand that it's it can't be a priority um, on my to-do list. So I do get to those when I can because I really appreciate that you're listening. And I really appreciate that you value my opinion and you want me to give you some advice. And, um, and I will get back to you in one way or another. I will reach back out to you. I may not be able to answer all of your questions. I may not answer them specifically. Uh, because again, if I, if I'm not working with you in that capacity, you know, I, I just, if I, if I tried to do that for everybody, if everybody could just ask me to, you know, to answer all these questions and, and solve all these things for them in the way of their diet and lifestyle, then I just, there wouldn't be enough hours. There just would not be enough time in the day for me to actually, have my my job and my career that I that I do in which I do that exact thing. So anyway, I hope that explains it. I know I've talked about that before, but I've been getting an increasing amount of people reaching out asking for specific advice. And then um, a few times have, um, you know, been concerned about why I haven't gotten back to them and I just want to try to make that clear and you know please understand I wish I could get back to every single person in great detail and do all of that but I just can't I'm just one person I don't have I don't have a you know an office or a corporation here that's helping me out I don't even have an assistant Um, so I'm, I'm doing the best I can on that guys okay but I will try my best to get back to you. Okay. So this was a situation where she had reached out to me and, uh, by submitting a form to my website and, um, she had reached out a few weeks ago and I got back to her just here recently. I'm um, kind of answering some of the questions that she had about some of uh, her, she wants to go ketogenic and she's kind of, questioning if some of the health issues she's dealing with maybe would be okay. And she's been vegan for a a few years and was real curious about how that was going to work and how she should ease into this. So, um, you know, got back to her, answered, you know, a very basic uh, response, but she responded back. Thank you so much for getting back to me with all this great information. I love listening to your podcast and I've been binge listening to get caught up and learn as much as I can about keto. My husband and I have been eating keto since I first emailed you and we've both lost weight, which is always nice. And I, and i've i feel a little better. i don't think i'm getting as much fats as i should. yes, that is often the case. <laughs> um and i am sure that's playing a role in not feeling much different, but i haven't been brave enough to eat meat for the fear of getting ill. so i love the suggestion of starting with chicken bone broth. so like i said she was vegan for a while. so that again, this comes back to digestion, guys. i said you really have to get digestion figured out. um especially in this case, Uh, not slamming vegans or vegetarians. I have been both, but I do know that for myself, that wrecked me. And one of the areas that it wrecked me, and which led to a cascade of other issues, was digestion. And for most people that are vegan, when they, if they try to go back to eating anything other than vegan diet, um, it will be difficult because when you stop eating Um, meat, meats, and animal products, you almost certainly will lose your hydrochloric acid production. That is essential for proper digestion, especially for proper digestion of proteins and fats. You need the hydrochloric acid in your stomach. Not only does the um, hydrochloric acid, is it super important to have that for the prop, for the beginning of the digestion in the stomach? But when that goes into your um, duodenum and your small intestine and then on through the digestive tract to your large intestine or colon, the, you have all these other digestive um, Digestive organs that are then going to release digestive enzymes that like your pancreas, your gallbladder, and these things are going to help the further breakdown and, and absorption of nutrients from your food. However, if your hydrochloric acid production is not working well, then when you when it comes to the other digestive enzymes being released properly, it also affects those, and those almost never function properly if you don't first have your cor- your hydrochloric acid production working properly. Um, there's many reasons for this. We won't get into it on this podcast, but um, but that can be a big issue. So if you are currently vegan or have been vegan or vegetarian and you are thinking, you know, I really want to go ketogenic and you can do that as a vegan. But if you're thinking, you know what, I think I want to add animal products back in, I do suggest that you take it very slowly and you really need to work on your digestion. And I would highly recommend that you work with a professional that understands nutrition that can help walk you through that. It can make the the most it can just make a huge difference in the way keto affects you and in just your overall health and well-being altogether. Because when your digestion isn't working properly, it affects all these other processes in your body. So super important. Um, Anyway, she says, it's funny how you mention essential oils because I just started using them a few months ago and I'm obsessed. I love them and my 15-year-old daughter was just coughing in her bedroom tonight so I made her a cough rollerball for her feet and to fill her diffuser. She thinks I'm crazy, lol. <laughs> yes, my teenagers think I'm crazy too, but you know, whatever. <laughs> my husband and I are also in the process of ordering a clear light infrared sauna. We had been discussing getting one for some time now to help with my pain, but after hearing your podcast raving about it, I've decided to pull the trigger and make the investment. That's so awesome. And if you guys listen to this podcast, you know that I, um, do, I, I am an affiliate with Clear Light, um, but. Not before having my own. I became an affiliate after I had had my own for well over a year and almost two years actually, and love it, love the results of it. And um, so I do have an affiliate program with them. If you, um, if you order a clear light sauna, if you want to drop my name, they will give you additional discounts on your sauna, even off the sale prices that they run. So, um, anyway, I definitely urge you to check that out. then she says, again, I love, again, love, love, love your podcast. I've listened to many different podcasts when deciding on making the change to keto and yours just appealed to me the most. You came across as such a, real person, not like you are preaching. And it's one of my girlfriends talking to me. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's the best way I can describe it. And I think it's great that your husband joins in keep up the great job. And then she signs it. So, um, thank you so much, Trisha, for that, uh, email back. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you found the advice I sent you, um, helpful. I'm glad you hung in there and waited the weeks that it took me to get back to you. (laughs) I'm so, you know, I just, I wish I could do more, but I'm just one person here. So, but I'm glad that that was helpful to you. And I hope that you see some great results. Um, I think it's awesome that you're trying that, and I love that you're really exploring this as a lifestyle, not just about this diet, but that you're really exploring the essential oils, the infrared sauna, you know, the things that I talk about here on the podcast, and there is truly no more healing food, in my opinion, than bone broth, so I love that you're starting out with that and taking that suggestion, so I wish you all the best of luck. All right, guys, that's it for this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. And if you want to reach out to me, again, please do not be put off if it takes me a long time to get back to your questions, but you can send me an email, jessica at jessicatide.com. You can go to my website. It is www.jessicatide.com. You can find out about packages I offer there, how you can work with me. You can fill out a form to reach me, and you can also sign up for your free 15-minute consultation if you want to see like what it would be like if we were to work together, how I can help you, that would be great. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, I am at that keto blonde. I am on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jessica Thai Nutrition. And you can see what I post on there, guys. I'm not, I mean, I try to post something um, every day or every other day. Uh, sometimes I miss some days. So Oh, it's just the way it is right now. I think until I get through this nutritional therapy practitioner training, it's just the way it's gonna be. <laughs> cause cause it's just uh there's just a lot, right? Okay, guys. Well, that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope your 2018 is off to a great start. And that's a wrap for episode 29. I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Make it a great week, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. This episode of Keto Lifestyle is brought to you by the How Did He Know app. How Did He Know is a revolutionary app that delivers daily, customized tips to help men become better husbands and partners and reap the rewards that come from happy, fulfilling relationships. For more information, visit their website at www.howdidheknow.com or download it from the App Store today for iTunes or Android. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.